So, all right, guys, welcome to the chat. Anyone want to go first with what's new and what's going on with them? Any new work and upcoming? Now I'll just start calling people out. Mike? Oh, look at that. You got Mike. What's happening? Hey, what's going on with you? Anything new to catch up on? No, I was, I was just reading about a the uh, giant aquarium in Berlin. You ever seen I this thing? See it's like I didn't two, see that post. Two hundred sixty-four thousand gallons, and it burst. It's a giant cylinder aquarium. Yeah, I saw the picture. It just like burst out right through all the doors and onto the streets. Yeah, so good thing you guys aren't working on a project there. Right. <laughs> no, like just, just, I'm just wrapping things up for the for the uh at the end of the year here and been seeing some cool stuff on Instagram. I haven't been able to be as I've lost a couple of team members are trying to do stuff at the end of the year and stuff. So I've been kinda just trying to manage my way through the end of the year. But uh been seeing some cool stuff on Instagram, some cool 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 posts and things like that from, from you guys. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely trying to wrap up the end of the year, everyone is. Yeah, for sure. Jeff, how's it going? I see you working hard over there. Oh, he's got to unmute himself. Or he's working. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> we'll go to Corey. Corey, how are you? Throw up a message. Good. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. Good. What's going on in your world right now? Not much. It's kind of the end of the year, a little bit slower for us over here at Epson, but, uh, you know, just doing some cleanup and getting ready for the, the new year. There you go. Yeah, we're kind of doing the same thing. This week's a little slow, kind of getting it ready for everything. And then next week we're running. Running, doing a couple last minute site changes and upgrades here and there. Yeah, we have Friday off and next week. And then I took the week after off going up to Michigan. So. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, we're supposed to have that big snowstorm. Well, they say snow, but we'll see what happens for next week. Well, we're in Wisconsin. We had uh, my daughters had the last two days off of school because of snow, and Wednesday they was a late start, and our office was even closed yesterday because of snow here. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've had nothing but rain for the last two days. It's been depressing over here on the East Coast. <laughs> Dan, how are you? Gonna go down the line. Oh, hanging in there. I am unfortunately not having a slow week. No. It's been <laughs> been one of those weeks that everything is breaking. Oh everything, no. Typically, real things that are really far apart. So it's been 
It's been a hell of a week. Sorry to hear that. Well, at least it's Friday. A couple (laughs) 16-hour days in there. No bueno. No, especially leading up to the holiday season, it's either, you know, crazy or it's dead. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy, and we just actually hired a, a new tech, too, so bouncing between trying to train, trying to fix broken things, um, trying to sell new things. There you go. Sounds like Ryan and I trying to figure everything out still. It's a whirlwind. <laughs> Just throw them into the deep end. That's what, that's all I've been learning. Yeah, we're getting there. He uh, He's about a week old right now, so next week I'm going to feed him to the wolves. There you go. Only way to do it. <clears throat> what I'm missing. Dave? Yo. How's it going? On site work and having a great day. Oh, you too? <laughs> Woke up to a uh, 5.30 a.m. text message that I woke up to at 6.30. Oh. With a site down. So today's been going great. You and Dan sound just as busy. I'm coming to save you soon, Dan. I'm coming. I need you, man. I need you. Sounds like everyone needs you, Dave. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that that good. I'm just reliable. (laughs) Dave, it it definitely helps. He is the most valuable. No, 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 no. That was a trick. That was a trick. Hey, take the compliment, Dave. I, pre- I am only as strong as all of you guys are together on this call. I'm nothing without my community. And I yeah, know that. Looking like a good <laughs> spokesperson. <laughs> I just routinely get humbled. On a daily basis, <laughs> it seems, especially when you get busy, it seems like everything is a lesson in humility, right? Kubit just chimed in. Oh, is this actually happening today? <laughs> yeah. Yep, sure okay. is. Strap in. Yeah. Well, Ray's out cookie shopping. Oh, Rob. Howdy. Howdy. Hello, stranger. Let's see, who haven't we done? Rob, what's going on in your world? Oh, I was hanging in Denver. Hanging in Denver? Yeah. Um, Doing a data center move tonight with Zach for one rack, um, and then doing a bunch of documentation for some other racks that are moving later on. Lots of fun. Um, have to go pick up the rental truck in a bit. Um, should we are you fly swapping cars finally? Sorry, what you say? You're swapping cars back? No. So I I have a rental car, um, but I need I need a a moving truck to move the rack. And Penske only had 26 foot truck available, so I'm like, I guess I'm driving a 26 foot truck across Denver. <laughs> Should be fun. Sounds like fun. 
Yeah, you know, another day in paradise. Should that schedule really that for rush hour. Well, that that's kind of my thought. I want to I'm going to head over there soon and drive to the site it's coming from and hang up and do some work there. Like rather, because if I do any later than like three o'clock, I'm going to hate myself for it. Yeah, so you sound like you're living the dream right now. Well, I should just buy us in Denver at this point. Is this, a, is this a rack move for all of those stacked switches we saw the other day? Uh, yes, but not that that one's not moving. That one's not moving tonight. Thank thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. The which one was oh I posed a few good ones. The the switches, the leaning towers of switches. And then there was those DAC <laughs> cables that were like crushed. Ooh. Yeah. And so, I mean, it'll, it'll be good extra business for me. And I'm hoping that I can kind of upsell them saying like, hey, let's replace all these DACs with ones that aren't bent. And then when we put it in the new rack, we'll actually adjust the rails. So your switches have clearance to close the door. Is that what was happening? They were just getting crushed by the door? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And one of them I touched and, went, and they went down and came back up. I was like, okay, I'm not touching those anymore during business. Yeah, hours. yeah. Don't touch that. Yeah, so I'm going to go back there today, but I'm just going to trace copper. I'm like, oh, let's trace copper. I can't screw that one up as much. All the fiber I'm going to leave until tomorrow. Thank God it came back up. Yeah, no, it literally went down for like a second. Like just enough, the light, the light flashed <laughs> orange when he was renegotiating and then came back up. And everything inside to tighten up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a scary rack. I think... I think someone, I think some other vendor did the install for them and they've never actually seen it. And I sent a picture to the guy and he's like, uh, that's where our rack looks like. I'm like, yep, sure does. I'd be afraid to close the door back again at that point. Oh, no, it's, I mean, it, their cables are still bent. They're like karma bent flat, so. Nice, well, that sounds fun and interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's having lots of fun. It's Nathan, tough. how are you? Living the dream. There you go. That's like the common occurrence around here. <laughs> Had a couple of rough in, two rough in projects this week and uh, working on trying to end the week strong with uh, getting some quotes out the door. Yeah. Nice quick Friday. Sounds like it. Kevin, I see you're all, you just jumped in. Mr. Tubin himself. Yeah, I was based in that turkey for a while until it got connected, though, but uh, we're in here now. <laughs> I saw some, yeah, I guess it, another call tried to jump in and then kept getting disconnected. That might have been you. Yeah, not sure what was going on, but all good now. I'm on, uh, okay. I'm on data, so, you know. What's going on in your world right now? I uh, just headed over to a housing development. I uh, got a few rough-ins on the go there, and uh, and then I got one house in that development that I'm doing a bunch of uh, DMX lighting, uh, alarm system, AV, the huge. So we're uh, just getting cracking away on all that. Doing a little bit of everything, sounds like. You know what? Typical. <laughs> yeah, for you. <laughs> Mr. Jeff Day, 
catch up to you? Or are you still busy? Busy. I got the head nod. Yeah, so. yeah, I don't know, really know how Ray usually runs these. I mean, he talks about himself half of the time. And he's just like, oh, hey, have fun with it. Like, okay, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Ray normally goes around the room, touches base with everybody, and then goes off on his own tangents. Yeah, it sounds about right. I'm waiting for him to pop in just to be like, hey, Sean, I bought all the cookies in Philly, and then pop back out. Where is he now? So today he is, so they do an annual cookie run, him and a couple of his buddies, and they go through all like the famous cookie like bakeries in like Philly, South Philly, all that, and just buy a ton of cookies and then go eat and drink for lunch. And they do what for lunch? Just drink and eat. Eat a bunch of cookies? Yeah, well, they try not to. They usually try and make them home, bring them home. One of the things they'll do is cannolis. Uh, one of the famous places down in Philly for cannolis, they'll go stop there. And you can make your, or you can buy your own kit. So instead of them giving you a whole tray of cannolis, you can, they give you like the piping and all that, and you can just fill them yourself. Are we talking ricotta cannolis? Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, everything's homemade. They're, they're damn good. <laughs> I'm a fan. The elder cookies are crazy. Like it's it's a good time. I, I wish I could have made it today, but I have to go somewhere in Princeton, New Jersey today. So couldn't make it. Can I ask you guys a question while I've got you all on here? Might as well. So you guys know code way better than I do. I've got an ISP that dropped in a circuit. He ran coax from wherever he was bringing it in to my cabinet here. And he strapped his coax, zip tied it to the sprinkler line, and then jumped from the sprinkler line to the gas line. And then dropped in to the box. Now, again, I you guys know it way better than I do, but isn't there something really wrong with it when you put lines that carry voltage and you strap them to gas lines? I, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about safety-wise, no, there, there's fuck all wrong with it. If we're talking about workmanship-wise, yes, and actual construction building code-wise, yes. Um, okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure about gas lines or spring lines in particular, but I know in, in terms of, like, electrical conduit, um, you know, it, it states right in both the NEC and the CEC that you know, the, the raceway cannot be used to suspend anything other than, you know, itself and it, its contents. You, you are not to, uh, you know, hang anything else off of it. Uh, and and yeah. in building code, it, like if you look at building code of ceiling grids, it says, you know, that grid wires are used to suspend the, the ceiling grid and nothing else is to be held off of it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So in a perfect world, everything has its own uh you know, means of suspension. And for the most part, the, the code is written that way. As, as far as actual performance-wise and safety-wise, it doesn't make fuck all difference. A sprinkler pipe weighs a fucking ton. It can hold up a piece of coax. Like, oh. like be, being perfectly practical here, there's, there's absolutely nothing dangerous about it. But it, it, would it be a code violation? Yeah, it would be. And these guys haven't gotten their final inspection yet, so they might get dinged having that strapped to that. They might. 
Is it obviously? Is, that a, is this a residential system or a commercial? No, commercial. Yeah. I'm moving it anyways. Like that's exactly like while we're talking, I'm moving it just because I want it to look better. Um, but I have I don't know like like I wouldn't be able to look up the code just because I'm not that well versed with it. If that makes sense. Well, I mean, here's the thing though: if, if they have a uh, you know piece of threaded rod with a pipe hanger on it, and then you know the zip ties that wire to that hanger, that would actually be acceptable. Okay. No, it's strapped right but, to the. Yeah, if he puts it right right to the pipe, then you know technically not would not be acceptable. But yep. uh, I doubt That's anybody will call him on it, just because like look, practically speaking, it really doesn't make a difference. Hmm. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. But I don't think he's gonna come back and move it. <laughs> I, uh, I doubt it. He did good. I, I wouldn't attach it to the pipe. <laughs> I talked to him, uh, like, well, I wasn't here, so I I was on the phone with him, and I told him, listen, if you make this wire look bad, I'm gonna talk trash about you. <laughs> <laughs> and he at least made it good. Like he put zip ties on it, so it it was snug everywhere. Like he did good for doing bad if that makes sense <laughs> well it's funny cool. i appreciate that input guys you're welcome See, we got raymond on hey, long time fan first time attendee hey look at that first time attendee and i'm the first time running this <laughs> you look right <laughs> How are you? How are things in your world? So far, so good. So far, so good. Dealing with some, you know, minor supply chain issues, but, you know, that's been the standard since COVID. So just going with the wind, as they say. Yeah, right. There you go. Anything new? Any new projects you're working on? Uh, I reached out to Security Bear. We're doing a garage for exotic cars that were mounted up some cameras. Now the customer wants to do access control because they decided to rent out some bays in the back <clears throat> for the car club aspect of it. And they want to be able to have some cloud-based controls for that. Initially, we're going to do hard keys. But they quickly realized it was going to be too hard to manage that as far as controlling that. So we're looking at PDK to be the solution for them. That was a really cool project. Okay, I'd find myself staring at the cars the whole time though. That's what we do, yeah. We have a screen in the office kind of keeping an eye on them because we have monitoring services for afternoons and evenings and it's not a bad look. No, definitely not. So thank you guys for the invite to Tech Knowledge Worldwide. I was a member of the Low Voltage Nation initially. Okay. You know, don't know what happened there, but I like the crew that's in here. You know, so I figure, let me see if I can reach out to get an invite to the group. Perfect. Well, welcome. It, it's, welcome the, it's, the exact, it's the exact same crew, but with the addition of me. Now, it's definitely a, a, a good group of guys to, you know, be in touch with at this point, like 24-7, it seems like. Absolutely. So it's a little about us. We're uh, MSP, merged with a WISP. We're out of South Florida. 
Uh, we base ourselves on providing, you know, quality service to our customers. <coughs> we support a little under 170 companies right now, different verticals, different sizes. And it's a small team, but you know, there's force and, and respect and also delivering quality. So wanted to join you guys for additional information, additional feedback, ideas, tips, and be able to have to, some people that we can bounce off ideas that are peers in the industry. Definitely. Glad you could, you know, be a part of this group. Look forward to it. We got Jonathan in here. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Doing great. Living the dream. <laughs> What's going on in your world right now? Uh, ooh, good question. Well, it's uh, it's Friday, and uh, I don't know if like any of you guys, it's been a bit of a whirlwind of a week. Um, a lot of projects wrapping up. Uh, we had a few projects get pushed to the new year. So it seemed like the last week of the year here next week uh, was really challenging to reorganize the calendar and line things up. So uh, it ended up uh, being a bit bit touch and go there, but we've got it all lined up for next week now. And um, end of the year is always a little bit off uh, off kilter with the uh, projects getting wrapped up. But Man, uh, just send some guys up to Ottawa. I'll keep them busy. <laughs> I love that. Who said that? Me. That was Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> I'm I'm drowning here, man. I'm drowning. He also took you for entertainment as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Whereabouts are horizontal, you? Horizontal refreshment included. I'm in Ottawa. Uh, where in Ottawa? Uh, like specifically, I'm in Hindenburg. Hindenburg. Okay. I used to I used like, to live in Canada, and uh, I got family out in. Uh, the south side in Manitick and stuff. So uh, I'm up there. Yeah, well, actually, I, I grew up in cars. Okay. Well, that's right next to Manitick. That's, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I, I, I grew up in cars, but I, I've been living in Hittenberg for the last. Well, uh, well, we should definitely connect uh, and see how we can help each other out because uh, there's always a surplus of work between you and then all the way to the GTA and. Uh, we've, we're connecting with Rob, and, and he's got kind of the middle corridor as well with uh, Peterborough. So I'm sure we can tag team stuff to. I'm just never there. Yeah, fair enough. You're always in the states. You're in the states more than you're in Canada. I know. Shh, don't tell the government that. I want my free health care. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, I dropped out there for a sec. I was switching off Wi-Fi. I'm just saying we have to connect, and we can tag team on some projects. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. If, uh, but I mean, if if you guys have uh, uh, run run short on work, let me know because I'm I'm having some huge challenges uh, finding staff these days. I I know the the feeling. It's a uh, that was it's been like the nature of that for the last year. Has everyone right. been busy? I, I'm curious about the states because I keep hearing about people having recessions and stuff like that and slowing down trade work. Is that anyone else feeling that? It's no, it's busier than no. shit. We just can't find help. Yeah, exactly. Like the problem, the problem that we have in this industry is just is a lack of skilled labor. You know, True. there's 
there there's there's no like there there's no clean cut education system for it and i mean you really see that in in terms of people's work like the and i bet you half the guys here probably never had somebody to even for them to mentor you know it's like true. uh there there's a lot of guys here that you know just sort of uh worked in different industries and just sort of jumped on there and learned by you know looking up stuff on the internet and figuring it out as you go but it's like the only actual mentorship that we have is like through the telecommunications industry and it it's like if you if you didn't get if you didn't learn from you know one of two telecommunications providers in canada or somebody that did work from them um you were just kind of picking stuff up as you went along yeah it, it was kind of this morphed evolution of the telecommunication industry i know my father who tra trained me was uh, a nortel junkie like just fixed blocks nortel uh he he could turn that was his whole business and uh by working with him on job sites uh that's kind of where I, i'm that prime example you just mentioned kevin that's uh, that i'm one of those guys who've just learned through job after job and things online and as the data industry evolved uh, um you know I, I never got actual formal training but uh that actually leads me to a question does anyone else does it, has anyone done the bixie training the technician or anything i know abe took mm -hmm. it is abe on the call no no he's not on the so. call but he, he's the only guy that that i know that that that's done it um I mean, I, I did the CCNA program many, many moons ago. I'm definitely interested in the, the Bixie. I might do one, do it in the, the new year um, and, uh, and just see, like, we, I do once a month, I have the whole team in and we do in-house training, uh, but you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And I want to make sure there's no uh, serious gaps in uh, the knowledge base and the training that we're providing. So I want to make sure that uh, we're the tip of the spear when it comes to our training. And, uh, you know, I want to make sure that's not missing anything. So I want to go check out the Bixie and I'll, I'll keep you guys in the loop. Right. But I mean, how, how many guys here have, have actually read the, the IEEE and, and TIA specifications for data cabling? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's some rules, you know, I mean, of course there are, but at the end of the day, it's like certify your cables, make sure it works. What, what else do you, I mean, do you need well, to know the I, specs I mean, of the thing, a wire? Like the, the thing, pro probably the, the, the most, the, the greatest resource you have in terms of, you know, uh, professionalism structure and structure cabling is, is to just re is read those standards first. Because I, I don't doubt that Bixie training would involve just, you know, teaching those standards that are sitting there on paper, black and white. I did, I did the installer one course years ago, or whatever the equivalent was at the time. It was only good for like two years, and you couldn't renew it. Their plan was, hey, if you do this one, then you go to, I think, the installer two on the copper side. Um, and it is, they're, they're, they're teaching the books. Um, and especially if you have, you know, a set time where you bring everybody in, you know, if it's something you wanted to look at, I know that they, they'll come to you. So if you're wanting to do, you know, more than one or two guys at a time, you know, it may be uh, uh, some cost savings and having them come to you to do that certification course. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea, Nathan. That's great. And I didn't even think about that. I got a, uh, quite a few guys who would, you know, anytime we can increase it, but. 
Kevin, you're, you're on point. Maybe I just need to actually do some reading. <laughs> I mean, I there, there's, there, there, there's a ton of like great information out there that, that is, that is free that, you know, you should absorb first. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to, to have mentored by, by a bell tech. And I mean, that's really where I picked up the majority of what I know. Uh, and then the rest of it was, you know, from reading those very specifications. That's yeah, that's, that's smart. Now I don't doubt that, you know, Bixie is, is fantastic. I just, I don't see the, the need to lay out the money, uh, unless I started bidding on projects where it was a requirement because, uh, it, it absolutely is. And I think it's a lot more prevalent in the U S than it is in Canada. But I mean, there's, there's some projects that it, it is a requirement to have. Yeah, it does show up on specs, having an RCDD, but that's even a bigger commitment. Yeah, there's a lot of jobs around here that require um, either RCDD or uh, one or two of your field techs to be like the installer level two, um, but they're also on RFPs, and I'm allergic to RFPs, so. We, we must be in a stone age out here because I haven't seen shit about any requirements. Well, yeah, we I, have I've some of your racks, Jeremy. It, they're always mint, so I don't think anyone uh, fact checks anybody if you make a rack that looks that pretty. Well, it's it's kind <laughs> of a, a stupid statement, but at the same time, as you know, they'll like, okay, what's your qualifications? Prove you can do the job if you're not Bisky certified, and you pull up an Instagram page, yeah. and you see the you see the work, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, and here's a list of my other clients. What else do you? Do you, do you want more? I mean, because if you want biscuit, it's not going to happen immediately, but here, here's the proof, yeah. you know, and then 99% of the time they're like, that's cool. I want that, you know, now granted, yeah, most of my I... job's not this giant corporate thing, you know, but I mean, you know, the heavy industrial and commercial stuff that I'm doing, everyone is just like, Got you. Make, make it easy for my IT guys to work on. And that's fantastic. Go for it. Yeah, we received a couple of RFPs our way that basically required <clears throat> to follow Bixie standards. They didn't really specify that we had to be certified. Exactly. So what we did as a team, we just researched what the Bixie standards were, and they were pretty enlightening because there's color coding for different areas of the cabling. Like if you have a core, you know, a cable that goes from one floor to another, it has to be one certain color. If it's a cable that provides service, then it has to be a different color. So I understand mm -hmm. the standards and the needs for it. So because when the next person comes in to do wiring, before they start cutting cables in the hallway, they know exactly what each cable is if we're all following the same standard. But if they, they follow that standard. Provided if, yes. They didn't require us to be certified, though. They just asked us to follow the Bixby standard of cabling. That's what the RFP said. So it depends on what the RFP says, too, if how deep you have to go into the certification. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I definitely do not follow that rule as much. I forgot about some of those in ceiling and wall cabling rules about riser rooms. So I'm glad you re-brought that up because uh, I know we care a lot about what the racks looks like and following patch cord colors and things like that. But right then you just pointed something out that I need to make sure I'm I'm keeping on top of. All right, gentlemen, I got a jet. I'm entering meeting, but have a good one. See you, Kevin. All right, Dan. Take care, Kevin. Yeah, John, and, and it changes from customer to customer. Like we did a contract that we had for the VA, the VA basically required any computer cables to be blue. They wanted to have the old Leviton rack, the not Leviton, sorry, Ortronics uh, faceplate with the little pop-in uh, identifier. Phones were oh, gray, yeah. anything else was white or yellow. 
Yellow was mostly for faxes, but anything else was white. Like if you had an, uh, an extra port, there was a white cable. The data was blue, phones were gray. And it had to be that way. If not, we wouldn't get our work order signed. And somebody went around and opened up each plate. Interesting. And checked. Yeah. <laughs> now, so. I, uh, I, I, that's awesome that you clearly were able to solve that need because that was in the spec and you, you knew how to follow it. Out of curiosity from the, the lot of experience in this chat room here, what is, do you guys feel that is, is relevant? Because I feel like the data industry is kind of evolving and I, you know, I don't know if you guys can relate this whole like voice and data separation. We used to use white for voice and, uh, you know, blue for data, and then we used to try to keep it separate, but now everything's kind of, everything's IP, everything's data, you know, and the versatility for whether it's a phone or a data, you know, it's interchangeable. Uh, that's kind of seems to be where everything is pushing. Do you feel like that's a standard that maybe will be updated or is just no longer relevant? I, um, I've seen it both ways. I've seen some customers that still spec white cat six for voice. I'm like, I'm like, why? It's a data drop. Um, and then some people just don't care, right? Like, it's the same thing where some people label data drops there for phones still as voice. And like, I don't know, like, why are you making things more confusing? Just l label all your stuff, label it like as data jack. Yeah. And it just happens to be a phone plugin kit that uses data. I guess and it depends on the customer, too. And what they want, because it depends. Uh, the one I was telling you about with the VA, they had an older analog uh, digital phone system. Wasn't oh. so much of an IP system, so they had to have it labeled that way, so it would be easier to determine. But mm -hmm. like you said, uh, a lot of it has changed because people are going to IP, and everything's now is just closet, patch panel, jack number. That's it, or port number rather. And that's basically what we're what we label most of our projects as. But all the yeah. stuff that we have to come in and do maintenance, we have to follow. You know, the old school of law, as they say. That's that's really good to to know. I'm seeing a lot less analog or uh, traditional phone systems. So, um, and and I I don't know if, uh, how many people here have done the service work where they need uh, a budget friendly uh, cable to an office that had a old or has two Cat six, but one's labeled voice and one's labeled data, and you're like. And this is going to become a data now, and you just uh, <laughs> you find that cable and you relocate it or whatever, and uh, and you just change the label where now they're running a computer on a something that starts with a V. Yeah, no, I've I've done that a few times where if we're adding wiring to offices because they're going to VoIP or something like that, if there's a data drop area in the office already, I'll use the old, as long as it's cap five E or something that and it's in, it passes. I'll use that for the phone, then use the other drop for the PC if they don't want to do pass through. And and, and that's I guess that's the funny topic too. I've seen some some customers spec out that phones, even if they're IP, need a separate drop. And some customers just don't care. They like just plug the com computer into the phone. That is where, an area that has had a lot of development too. Uh, you know, when you start with the analog, everything ran back for us. It went back to Bix blocks. It, some of you might be 66 blocks, uh, and then that kind of evolved into uh, into everything going IP, but they needed its own dedicated switch. So there's a lot of still a, a lot of VoIP providers who still need their own dedicated switch. So then it made sense to keep still keep the panels separate. You know, voice panel, data panel, and then uh, 
then it started just getting all merged together where yeah. uh, internet speeds are high enough, nobody cares whether it's on the same switch uh, and having the, that versatility. So then it's just a numeric system. We no longer put a D or a V and it does seem yeah, to be no. changing. And I think sometimes what it is too is if there's too many vendors involved, like some of those big companies, right? They have a voice vendor, they have a data vendor, they have a wiring vendor. Mm -hmm. So like two different companies manage the two different networks, right? So. Um, that makes sense. Being that you have a dedicated voice switch instead of just using the same network for everything else. Still freaks me out a little bit when everybody wants to use the pass through on some of these phones because it's like your, your phone toast, your computer's toast. You know, like let's stick with the redundant cable. It's convenient, but at the end of the day, like that's I don't trust that on a lot of cases. That's why you don't put switch after switch after switch in case one goes down, they're there, you know. So. But that's just my mentality, I guess. What are you working on over there, Jeremy? That looks like a pretty rack. Uh, it's actually a disaster because it's not even close to being done in the building. So I dust it like every day at six o'clock <laughs> in the morning. Like, and I'm just trying to get a server provisioned, but I can't actually get it to t turn on. Like I don't have video. I just have a blue blinking light and that's it. And I'm not real excited about that. You put it's that an access. That's great. It's an access server, and all I'm getting is this damn blue light. Oh, it's the blue light is the indicator light. So you look the locator. So the blue actually means nothing. Any so how do I turn thing? this? No, I mean I the power supplies are lit. It's got a VGA plugged into it, and it's showing data network connection, but I got no video output on the VGA. Um, I think it's. It's because this, this is a rebranded Dell chassis, right? With Axis yeah, it's it. it's an Axis uh, 1132. Uh, oh. I think some of the newer Dells, the power buttons, like, some are stupid. It makes, like, I had one a few months ago. I was like, where the fuck is the power button for this thing? Right. And that's kind of what square. I, I found. Let's see if I can show you where I found here. Uh, you know, it's, like, right in here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I tried that. That turns it off. Oh, that's just the indicator light. That's just like, so like if you have like a bunch of them in a rack, someone could turn on the light saying, hey, it's a, it's a server with the blue flashing light. So on the right hand yes. side. I remember like this is a little different chassis because the other one, the one of them I just had like two weeks ago had USB-C ports and all sorts of stuff. And this uh -huh. one does not. So I don't know. It's bothering the shit out of me because all I want to do is get this up and commissioned because the owner wants to see his 3,000 head of cattle come in tomorrow. Moo. Moo. Right. Um, I think it is. This is where I'm really happy. We only do infrastructure cabling. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the 40,000 feet of fiber in the, the 110 cameras to get to this thing and I can't turn it on. Nice. Oh, I'm, I'm about to lose my shit. This is great. So I, I really like the ladder tray in the background. That's mm -hmm. looks like uh, quite the setup. Yeah, and it's they missed they changed measurements on everything. So now I got a custom fit quite a bit, but I got it at least close to where I can start bolting some stuff together and cut down and Get, nice. I got the, See the conduit. sleeves over there. Yeah, the 
those and I got my inner duct out in the van. I got to get that fiber in today. So nice. I, I got a question for you, Jeremy. One of yeah. your older racks, you, I still today call it the prettiest rack I've ever seen. I still show it to the guys all the time. It has, a, you had uh, blank panels. I think you even had uh, 3D printed uh, parts in there. And you had these six inch fiber patch cords going yeah. to SFP ports. Stunning. Where, did you make those patch cords or did you, do you have a vendor? Nope, I made those, but I did find a vendor actually. They're just grossly expensive. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Make, making them yourself is more expensive than buying them now. Um, but when you order them, you have to specify you need six inches overall, not six inches. Not with the connected connector and everything. Um, Clear line has like that kind of do it yourself fiber, and you just, you know, strip it off and you just cleave to your right length and you put the end on, and that's it. But yeah. the, those slide on ends are like 15 bucks a piece. Yeah. You know, so by the end of the day, you know, kind of, I was like, I was like fucking 400 bucks in on these stupid little patch cords and oh, patch cords. But, but I mean, still have the trophy rack. Right. And that's in my shop. That's my, uh, that was like my little pet project last or two winters ago, I guess it was just not, I was a little slow. And so on a Sunday, I was like, you know what, let's just see what we can do with what we got. And, my oh, I've met a guy on Instagram. He 3D printed a bunch of brackets and stuff for specialized equipment. And he made some for my routers and for, for my cable modems. And he made some special 3D prints for like a mini PC that I'm running for a little little video server. And yeah, that was that's kind of my jewel. That is uh, that is uh, the prettiest rack I've ever seen. If you haven't seen it, go through Jeremy's Instagram. It's uh, it is nice. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, I went all went went a little overboard and everything's cat six A with uh oh god you know like ten gig to anything that can take it. So I used that ubiquity aggregation switch with ten gig on it and it was it is it is sweet. But since then we've tried to replicate that fiber patch cord solution. One one thing we did find is loopbacks for those who use loopbacks and fiber testing. Yep. I get two of those and I kinda just pop out the little bracket that held the two together and I would put the two, but ends up being about, I want to say close to like 10 inches long. Right. And it just sticks out and it's kind of wiry because they're thinner. They didn't have the nicer, thicker jacket like you had. So it just didn't look as good. And I was like, I need to figure out, figure out what the trick was. Cause yeah. Uh, shoot me a DM or something and I can give you the link that I found for those little six inches. And cool. I can't remember, there was some guy on Instagram was like, oh my God, they're not going to certify, blah, blah, blah. It sucks. Don't ever do that. And I'm like, I, I did, and it's fine. So I don't know why. I, I guess it's probably in some Bisky code that I don't know that there's supposed to be a minimum of three feet, but I'm having no problems on 10 gig at like 50 I, meters. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to show some of my lack of fiber knowledge here, but that, I guess that could be something I don't know anything about. Maybe there is a... Uh, Connectors being too close for fraction issues or something like that. Yeah, or, it was it was something like that. But when I put it on a certifier, it certified just fine. So yeah, I mean, it really depends what it's plugged into. If it's the optics are higher power, you can fry the other end if if it's too much power being sent over the op or too much light. But there's ways to adjust that down, attenuators or whatnot. 
yeah and that was just me being green you know i was like i made one of them and tried it i was like huh that works and so i just continued but that's kind of why i do that shit in my shop like that is just to find out if something works or not I love you it. know like the the customer not very often says i want that you know because you know you got damn near a grand and just accessories you know Kristen. between 3d printing and custom cables and time yeah. and but you can get close i mean even those DAC cables, you know, that are, are one meter, you can make those look pretty decent, just not that tight. It was, it was nice. Anytime you can find the middle ground where it's not going to cost much more, so you still win the bid and you provide that look. Yeah. That's the goal. That's sweet. My, my kind of forte is for a while there where I was doing a lot of those structured wiring cans where it was cram as much shit into the into a 14 inch space that you can. And I had a lot of clients that are like, I show more people that than, you know, my game room. It's like, everybody's seen a big ass TV on the wall, but check out the matrix, you know, like, look, what, <laughs> look what this thing is. And it's like, yeah, you, you paid a little extra to make it cool, you know, put some little led lights in there or whatever. But at the end of the day, the customer's like that, that's not like anything I've seen before. Nowhere have I really gave a shit about until I saw something that looked like that. Now I care. Now I judge all my friends. It's like, oh, you got Comcast, <laughs> you know. <laughs> all right, that's what we live for, making infrastructure like that look awesome. So keep keep testing little things like that because that is uh, that's inspiring what you built. That is cool. And if anyone finds out if that fiber solution does have any issues, I mean, it's working for Jeremy. But just in case someone has more fiber knowledge than I do and there's an issue with that, please just let us know because I am going to try to replicate that as well at some point on some of our racks. And I'll send it to you, Jeremy, once we do build a rack that looks somewhere close as pretty as that. We'll do our best, Jeremy. But yeah. We'll it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you have the part number for the optics you're using on those switches, if you send it to me, I, I can look at the specs quickly and see. Are they powerful optics or are they lower power and you're not going to fry anything? These were all just ubiquity switches with ubiquity branded SFPs. So there was uh, some of them obviously were just the, you know, one gig SFP and then a couple of them are 10 gig, but my uplink ports are 10 gig, but there's a couple that are just gig and I had no problem that short. Okay. And yeah. I think the, I think the ubiquity optics are only 500 meters or two kilometers or something like that. So. Yeah, you have to go to their single single mode, single wire to get to 20, 20 km. Yes. And and so yeah, so that'd be one John thing where you wouldn't want to plug in a short cable tip because you would fry the optic. Yeah, yeah. that's they have those little filters I've seen on those uh uh bell pops them in up here when it's coming in too hot for their switches and stuff. Yeah. Fiber's a learning game. That's all I'm saying is, it, you know, you learn learn running wire and you learn your access control and you learn this and then you throw fiber and there's just as much, if not more, to learn about fiber than anything else. Oh, agreed. I mean, yeah, can, I mean, can I, you I, bend I, it? Can you pull it? Can you squeeze it? You know, I mean, what's the, the radius is uh, how much power, not enough power, the right SFPs, you know, that's, you know, this stuff that I ordered for this project was uh, all single mode, single wire. But when I ordered all my patch cables, I didn't even think about it. So now I've got all the, the transmit and receive patch cords that I've had to, to pull apart and use just one side of them. So learning uh, thing there. 
good point. Because I hate when you show up and then like they just put in a you know a transmit and receive patch cable and they're only using one of it and the other is just a mess hanging there and it looks like shit. So I <laughs> I'm not doing that. No, and 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 and. And when you do uh, simplex versus duplex, I mean, it's always a sweet balance of figuring out what's my cost of two wires or two strands versus one strand versus what the offers are going to cost. And the offers usually cost about 25% more for simplex versus duplex. So, yep. Well, it was this was the case where we, I ran a six strand fiber, you know, 40,000 foot throughout this whole complex. And by, Last week, we had three vendors that needed to be on the fin the vin for the fiber loop. So I was like, okay, well, I'm glad we did that. And we just switched everybody over to, to uh, simplex SFPs. And now we've got three extra fibers that we can use throughout the plant instead of just being used with the duplex. So that was a saver. Turn on, you asshole. Is it on? I think it's on the right hand side. So I looked at the Delco. It's the right hand side above the USB port. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Did I find I it? Looked, I hope it's on. Woo! That was in the middle, Jeremy. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, my God. Oh, yep. There's the fans. Nice. So, what Good I ended up here. doing, it's like, really don't 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 judge this thing because it's truly just not done uh but we needed a place to put the damn monitors so i had these panels built back here and mounted a monitor to the back side of the rack and then the isp who conveniently put their shit right here for now i'm gonna have them mounted all good. on the back of this stuff so at least you know they're not sitting there eight pounds on a switch that's now sagging worse than a 60 year old woman's you know <laughs> what that's a huge panel what did you mount that to which uh well on the back there's cage nuts and when i had them powder coated i had them the pre-drilled and so i just mounted them to cage nuts on the back is that like plexi or no it's uh 18 gauge sheet metal okay you just drilled some holes and pop popped it on that's smart yeah it's, there's the Bolts on the brick. That one I gotta get. Oh, it's not done, but we can pull it out. It's on a swivel mount and nice. all that fun stuff. That is a pretty rack so far. It, what's going it on. will be once I get this damn room sealed up and cleaned. And I just it bugs my OCD so bad having it like this. But you know, I mean, what can you do when they say we need we need it running? So yeah. Well, keep keep the air compressor handy and keep blowing out all the dust. We had a dog. Oh, I stopped. I stopped sucking or stopped blowing because all it does is just move it around. So I got a, you know, big ass that new Milwaukee shop back that's battery powered because. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah, I suck everything out instead of blowing it around because it just ends up settling somewhere else. So. Good point. We had a job where. Demo was going, the rack needed to stay completely live. So we're running all of our cables in tandem um, and we're going to cut them over. And But their entire rack had a bunch of servers in it. And this thing was just filling up with dust. It's in the fans. And uh, we ended up, uh, in junction with the IT company, 
wrapped it basically made a little uh uh like a bubble essentially of yeah ceram wrap i've, I've had to do that too <laughs> then you get that funky static dirt that's fun stuff then you got to go get some anti-static pledge and then it's oh, it just... to that yeah that's not good yeah, yeah when you I mean, bubble wrap them like that at the outside i mean it, it it seems clean but you get that really fine film that sticks to all the black and you just have to just just keep wiping it till it eventually goes away uh-huh. yeah no I, I would say having equipment running in a rack during construction is almost is about 20 years worse than having a, a gc saying you gotta term, do all terminations um while they're still doing drywall you're like why yeah yeah yeah, that drywall dust just gets everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I got, I ended up putting like a tape and a little piece of dots bright to the intake fan on that switch just so it, it's at least oh. filtering something, you know what I mean? That's smart. But it, it, it still I sucks there, but. for another meeting, sorry. Have a good one. I wanted to show you guys kind of the, right. the progress yeah, here. I'm going to have to jet in a minute too. Yeah, we're, we're going to wrap this up in a second, but. You know, we'll let Jeremy show us. Oh. Whoa. Neat. So, yeah. That's a big cattle. 150 get milked at a time. Oh, and, and over there, there's actually little robots that come up and suck onto the teats automatically. Nobody has to touch anything. No way. It's yep. self-automated. That's crazy. Yeah, they got RFID tags. So when they come up, certain gates open, certain gates close. And then wow. when they get up to the part where it is, a little robot arm kind of has got radar, I guess, and sucks them no on there. No That goes around here. Goes all the way around that side. And then they exit back over there, and the robot pulls off the, the thingies, and it literally just walks out the other side. I've worked at a dairy farm. I did not think a robot could do that. That's brilliant. It's it's brand new. So the company is called De Laval. They're out of Sweden, and that's I had to – battle with them guys because they're on the opposite time schedule as Hayes, Kansas. So there was a lot of times we were working at two, three in the morning with these guys in Swedish to say what they needed. So it's been a it's been an interesting process. That is really cool though. Really cool. Robots man. It's an observation deck for the guests that show up. That is cool. So that's why they need a network. Like this is all not even, this isn't even finished or even closed. So we're over here. We got, we had to get the network live so they could start milking before the admin's even done. Cause it, cause it's automated, you know, so they don't have to have offices to do the damn thing. It's pretty neat. No, no one has to be there really. There's, there's 4,000 head of cattle here and operation wise, 14 people on this plant it's it's two square miles wow so it's really cool 14 people running running the whole operation that to me that's just crazy <laughs> but yeah okay i got video server that's all i give a shit about Woo! there you go look at that you know <laughs> the bi-weekly tech catch-up you know helped you out well, i'm glad it. somebody looked that up because that's i would have <laughs> oh, been my head on a wall that, that was all Rob right there. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, uh, good catching up. I got a bounce. Yep, we're but, gonna, uh, it's all right. We're going to wrap this up anyway. So 
It's about, you know, it's been an hour or so. It's good so, seeing everyone. Cool. Good, good chat. Everyone, yeah. Have a good holidays and all that fun stuff. So. Are we doing right, another one? I guess uh, the next one would be the 30th. So I'm guessing we're not doing that uh, in two weeks. Uh, you know what? We'll have to ask the uh, Santa Ray himself. See what we're going to do. Put put it out there and see who's in. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was telling him about this one. Since I, I, the closer we get, it's going to, you know, people are so busy. So Makes sense. Yeah, we'll, put, we'll awesome, probably put it all out and go from there. If I don't see you guys, have a great holidays. And uh, I learned a few you things. Well. This, this gets good together. Guys. Be all, right, safe. See you all right, guys. Ciao. Ciao.